2,000 years ago, in the Galilean village of Nazareth, a young Jewish woman received a visitor from the throne of grace, an angel bearing a message that was almost unbelievable. After untold ages of the world since the creation of man and our fall from God's grace, and a thousand years after the promise to David of a descendant who would rule forever, the covenant made by the Creator at the beginning of the human story was finally to be fulfilled. A son born of a virgin would come into the world to destroy sin and death and restore the possibility of eternal life to the children of Adam through their adoption as the children of God. St. Luke tells us today of that encounter between Mary and the angel Gabriel. And given that the salvation of the entire human race was at stake in their conversation, the exchange is remarkably brief. Consider the stark beauty of Gabriel's words of greeting. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Be not afraid. And then come the words which we call the Annunciation, a feast celebrated by the Church each year on March 25th as the moment of the virginal conception of God the Son, exactly nine months before Christmas. Gabriel announces that heaven is coming to earth. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary did not doubt or resist this proclamation of the gospel, but because what Gabriel described is beyond what is possible for any human person, Mary was rightly puzzled and curious. How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And then Gabriel announced the word that is the greatest gift of God to the human race and a grace beyond all expectation or understanding. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary then responded to Gabriel with the words which are the hinge on which turns all of human and cosmic history. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. Here we must note that if the Lord Jesus had a human father, then Christianity is a false religion. And if Joseph, a direct descendant of King David, had not been Christ's adoptive father, then the promise made to David would not have been fulfilled by the son of Mary. So by trusting in the word of God more than in their own wisdom, Joseph and Mary together became the means by which the eternal plan of salvation entered human history. This brief encounter in Nazareth was the genesis of the paschal mystery of the life, 
death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, although that beginning remained hidden from sight until St. Luke learned of these events after Christ's resurrection, presumably from Mary herself. This is part of what St. Paul means by the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God. From the moment of Christ's conception, Mary became the Ark of the New Covenant, and for nine months she was the dwelling place of God on earth. But she also became the first evangelist and the most perfect disciple of her son. And Mary taught all of us to follow her example of discipleship when she said at the time of Christ's first miracle in Cana, 30 years after his birth, do whatever he tells you. By putting her entire life at the service of God's eternal plan of salvation, the Virgin Mary was made the instrument of grace by which the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Gabriel's visit to Mary is recalled by the church every day in the ancient prayer called the Angelus, a prayer of three acclamations and Hail Marys, which we should all know and offer daily. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The concluding prayer of the Angelus is none other than the collect or opening prayer of this Mass on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of the resurrection. My friends, this night we will celebrate with great joy the holy birth of Jesus Christ. But the good news of his birth at Bethlehem was made possible only by the hidden consent of Mary at Nazareth. And for the beautiful feast of Christmas to have its full and proper power in our lives, we must imitate Mary in surrendering our entire existence by grace through faith to the truth of the gospel and the power of God's eternal plan of salvation for the entire human race. In the second lesson today from his letter to the Romans, St. Paul describes such complete surrender to God as the obedience of faith. And only in that obedience do we paradoxically find our full freedom, the authentic personal freedom for which we were created, the freedom which was forfeited by our first parents in their fall from grace, the freedom which was finally restored to us by the life, death, and resurrection of the Son of Mary and Son of God, the divine Redeemer of the world, the eternal word made flesh. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.